powered by Riverside. On today's episode, I talk with Alex Mailbranch, founder of Plan Ahead, whose mission is to make the world available to anyone. This is done by tracking your purchase itinerary from the day you buy until you take off, and it automatically exchanges your ticket if there's an airline fare drop, and then sends you the airline credits to use for your next trip. Seriously consider joining the Plan Ahead wait list. He's leading the technology that's going to be revolutionizing the travel industry. Alex is a passionate husband, father of two amazing girls. He spent eight years in the Army as an intelligence analyst, graduated from Miami University, and held prior tech roles with Amazon and Plume, a Wi-Fi-driven tech unicorn. Alex provides so much great advice. So without further delay, let's get to the show. Alex, thank you for taking the time to come onto the Road to the Top podcast. We're really excited for our conversation today. Now, Will, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to speak. Yeah, of course. And, you know, background for the audience. So Alex and I got connected because we're Miami University alumni. Um, but where I would love to start, Alex, is I think really interesting in your background is that you spent eight years in the United States Army as an intelligence analyst. So I would love to just kind of hear, like, what are the greatest lessons that you learned through that experience that helped you as a, as a founder? Oh, man, depends on how much time you want me to spend on, on this podcast. On We could do a whole nother podcast, I think, on that. Um, for me, I think, I think it's maybe a little bit more general, but it's one of those things where a lot of people say that this happens, but in the army, I mean, you just, you're in it all the time. Uh, you know, just cool under pressure, right? Um, one of the, when you're an entrepreneur, there's just a lot of facets to it. I mean, the, the part about being a business owner and a tech founder, like those, it's cool to build from the beginning and come up against new challenges and try to figure those things out and network and you meet a lot of cool people. Um, but there's a lot of it um, from the founder perspective, especially when it comes to raising money and keeping investors happy and that sort of thing where it can get very overwhelming. And so um, just staying cool under pressure for the most part, uh, you know, when it comes to whether it's a pitch or, um, you know, any sort of kind of larger event where you're doing some some outreach for your company. Uh, I think it's been a good a good place for me to really hone that skill. Um, and learn that skill. And then I've been able to translate that into, you know, my early career at Amazon and some other big companies, and then obviously starting my own. So it, that, that's that been something that's been a, a thread throughout my entire career that I've been able to use. One of many. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's really interesting. I mean, can you kind of elaborate on your background, like how you went from the army, then, sure. you know, kind of the progression of your career till today? Yeah. So very non-traditional, right? I'm just somebody that and this is probably indicative of me just being a, an entrepreneur spirit, right? But I'm always looking to be challenged. So as opposed to kind of going to school and be like, man, I think I would be good at X. I'm going to study X. I always go the complete opposite. So I was an accounting major because I was like, I actually suck at accounting and I, that's something I should probably learn. So I struggled during undergrad, but it was because you know I was really actually challenging myself every single time I stepped into a class. Um, you know, so to go back a little bit, I... I Came out of high school, joined the Army um, initially because of financial reasons, uh, you know, just how I grew up in my family background. I wasn't able to afford going to college, so started in the Army um, doing intelligence. Um, again, just kind of picked something that I thought would be really challenging and interesting for me. 
um, did that for a number of years, as you said, um, stateside, um, doing a lot of different projects. Um, and then after, after that, going into Miami, um, getting my accounting degree and, you know, through that process again, just kind of learning a little bit more about what I wanted to do. So I did an internship at Deloitte, figured out, yeah, accounting wasn't for me. I did a financed uh, uh, internship um, for a large uh, consumer goods uh, company, found out that's probably not for me, then ultimately landed on Amazon, uh, did tech. Um, and then, so I did Amazon and ops and then some AWS cloud sales and project management. Um, and then from there, continued to do more project management stuff. So I've joined a couple of tech companies since Amazon. And then while I was actually on paternity leave with one of those tech companies is actually when I started playing ahead. So really great advice. I mean, like for young professionals, like you really don't know the career path, I think, until you get in there and you do an internship, yeah. like you can learn as much as you can about the subject, but that's really where you like figure out if that's true for you or if it fits well, like, would you say that kind of resonated with your career Absolutely. path? And interest. I think a lot of people that I've at least come across that are kind of similar in my age when we talk about, because I guess in American culture, that's, you know, one of the, the things that comes up first, right? Hi, my name is Alex. And then it's like, oh, what do you do for a living? Right. And so a lot of people, when that question comes up, you can kind of tell a lot about who they are and where they've come from based on how they react to that question. Because um, some people are, you know, maybe they're a long line of doctors and they felt like they had to do it or um, oh, marketing because of their personality, whatever the case may be. And so um, I, I say all that to say a lot of people maybe follow a path that they either feel is predetermined for them or they feel like is most comfortable to them. And and as you said, like it, it was actually interning and doing a whole bunch of different experiences, which led me to a place in my career where, oh, I'm actually love what I do and I can thrive in this. Um, but had I had gone either the first or the second or even the third route that I had taken, I'd be doing something completely different. So definitely taking a little bit of risk and kind of trusting your gut and knowing yourself goes a long way when it comes to like, okay, what ultimately, what am I going to do with my career? And, and speaking of risk, I mean, starting your own company is a big, is a huge risk. So can you uh, kind of share the story of ultimately, you know, how you identified this problem? And I think, you know, even more importantly, like, how did you find a solution that was kind of lacking in this, in this yeah, marketplace? So, so a little bit interesting backstory. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, always. Um, but I thought to myself, like, you know, I, I have one other priority that's greater than wanting to be an entrepreneur is this. I want to be a husband and a dad. Um, I just didn't grow up with that. So I was like, hey, like, this is my number one thing. I really want to be, like, in my kids' lives, coaching soccer, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, a lot for those who like want to be an entrepreneur, know about entrepreneurship, those things are very opposite, right? If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're deep in it. You know, there's nothing else matters almost. So I said to myself, you know, probably about high school, I said, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur unless the idea literally hits me in the head. Like it has to be so obvious to me. Whereas like, hey, I cannot pass this up. So, you know, fast forward eight to 10 years, I am on paternity leave with my second daughter. And, um, you know, I, I just have a frugal nature um, just because of how I grew up. And so I typically, even when I buy a, a ticket, I'll typically go back and see like, okay, is it going up or down? And I would do this mostly on Southwest because they've always had no change fees. So I'm sitting there in the basement while, you know, feeding my daughter and realize, hey, like I'm, I, there's a flight that I'm going to take from my older sister's wedding in San Diego. And so I said, oh, great. Like I, I, 
I just recognize that there's $150 credit because Southwest is doing one of those sales. And so when you think about when you're a family, you know, these things multiply. So I've got my ticket, my wife's ticket, my kids' tickets. That $150 credit per ticket turns into over $600, about $600. So I'm like, okay, great, sweet, $600 I'm going to book a flight to take my kids to the beach for the first time because at the time we're living in Denver. They haven't seen the water. And so I'm like, great, I'm going to go to Hilton Head. You know, my in-laws live there. And then because it was my older sister's wedding, I have family across the country that's taken the same flight or similar flights. So I group chat everyone. Hey, everyone, check your flight. Um, see if it's gone down. Collectively, we saved about $2,000, So I sit there after that, and I'm like, man, I sent a group text, and we saved about $2,500. It has to be something that does that. Like, that was super easy. And, uh, you know, did a lot of research, and it hadn't been done. Um, people have tried to do something similar, um, and there are a lot of reasons why they couldn't do it or it failed, mainly because the airlines had certain restrictions around your ability to do that. But it just so uh, just so happened, and a lot of I think a lot of successful entrepreneurs will tell you uh, a good amount of their success is about timing. Uh, and it just so at, at the same moment that I did this group chat and I figured this out, COVID is happening, and the airlines actually eliminated their change fees permanently. So now, whereas Southwest was the only one with no change fees, now it's United and American and Delta and Alaska and JetBlue. And so I'm like, wow, this is, there's literally nobody else doing this because before four months ago at this time, before four months ago, they weren't allowed to do it. So I was like, man, we could be the first ones to do this. And then I just, uh, I started doing friends and family's flights um, manually. Um, I created like a, a card, um, it's called C-A-R-R-D, a card landing page. And I, you know, spun up a Stripe account started doing people's flights manually and that was the start of playing ahead. Like we, we touched on before we got started, like, you know, just the idea behind the company is so I think revolutionary and it's, you know, I'd be curious to hear like how you educate customers on something that they realize, you know, like this is real yeah. money that you're saving people on a consistent basis. And like, how do you educate customers? They're like, Hey, this is something that you should be like really, Looking and that's it. such a great question because that's probably the biggest struggle at this moment, right? And it's not just customers, it's investors, right, for me. And so there are a lot of investors I've come across and they're, you know, essentially this is too good to be true. If, if this were true, people would have done it already, right? It's it's kind of that, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, I would know about it. And, you know, there's a reason why companies every few years, you know, they grow into multi-billion dollar companies because there are people with new ideas, surprisingly, right? And so a lot of times, um, you know, for an, from an investor standpoint, I've had to just give free accounts um, and they kind of see for themselves. In fact, a couple of the angel investors that we were able to receive, you know, last year just to kind of get things started, they came about because I was introduced and they said, basically, I've been traveling my whole life. You know, I'm an executive at X company. This doesn't exist. And I said, okay, well, I'll give you a free account. And, uh, it was two and this happened for two angel investors and and I both gave both of them an account and within a day or two both of them had saved hundreds of dollars in credits they saw it in their you know Alaska wallet and they saw it in their Delta wallet and they were like how'd you do that it's like well <laughs> so so for for me it's like for for investors it's it's been something a little bit more hands-on uh for regular customers out there right a lot of people that um have become customers of ours have actually probably 
heard podcasts that I've been on or they've read articles that I've done, um, mainly because we haven't had the capacity from a headcount standpoint to actually actively market. So um, we've done things on social media kind of passively just because we're continuing to build the foundation for what we hope to be something sustainable. Um, and also right now we're on a wait list because of kind of that ceiling that we've reached. Um, but, you know, hopefully as people continue to get educated through, uh, you know, programming like this and others, right, they'll realize, hey, this is actually something that is kind of a, a new opportunity and companies are going to start doing things like this. And, um, you know, hopefully we can we can be the ones that lead the way in that. Yeah, I mean, and it's the best thing is like it's automated on the back end, right? Like you could think of even companies who they're, they know their key salespeople fly all the time. Like there's a lot of, you know, partnerships. I mean, I'd be curious, like, you know, I think that it's called like dynamic pricing where the prices sure. kind of change, you know, at different points in time. Like, do you feel that this technology can kind of disrupt other industries? Like, you know, buying sports tickets and kind of like hotel, like booking yeah. hotels. Like, do you feel like there could be this huge revolution in, in that, I, that I space? I think that's a great question. And also, you know, part of what we're banking on from a kind of foundational standpoint is that we will be able to disrupt across at least the travel industry, right? Um, I think if you think about rental cars and cruises and hotels, all that stuff is dynamic pricing and especially coming out of what is going to be, you know, three to five year kind of pandemic lull up and down for travel, right? There's going to be a lot of people looking to these big companies say, okay, what are we going to do about this kind of, this kind of drop in, in, you know, dramatic drop in all this travel? How are we going to get revenues back? How are we going to continue to be creative? Um, especially from the travel industry has been historically archaic as far as innovation, right? So um, it's really going to push the boundaries for a lot of companies to kind of reevaluate what's important and how are we going to get customers back and comfortable and um, excited about travel again. And this is an opportunity that is something that helps the customer, but it also helps, you know, the, those industries, right? A lot of people from, from an investor standpoint ask, okay, well, why would airlines allow you to keep doing this? Well, the reason is the majority of, of airline tickets are actually bought from third parties. So if you think about like as Will Grant, if you were going to travel, um, if you didn't travel for business, so if you, if you were going to travel personally, you'd probably go on Google Flights and just put in, hey, I'm going to Austin next weekend. What are the trips? And you'd see all the different airlines, right? And you're going to pick based on price probably like, oh, all right, well, Frontier's 100 bucks and Delta's 300. I'll go on Frontier. Um, well, where if you do it this way, if you if you booking directly with the airlines and then you're using something like Plane Ahead, when you get a eighty dollar credit on on Alaska, well, instead of going on Google Flights next time, you're going to go on Alaska because you've got eighty credits to spend. So it actually creates a loyalty uh, and kind of a repeat customer out of out of an entire generation of customers uh, like like us in our generation that just kind of go on whatever the cheapest thing is. I can Google it and that's it. Whereas um, like the boomer uh, generation has really been on, you know, I've been traveling business, so I'm a platinum member on Delta. Like there's the 20, 20 to 25 year olds these days aren't platinum members of Delta. They're digital nomads that are kind of finding the cheapest price and just going, right? So um, it's again, it's just going to shift the way that we think about travel and hopefully as airlines and consumers and third party uh, technology companies, we can come together and innovate to something that's going to work across the board on both the business side and also the consumer side. And I'm a I'm an avid traveler, so I, I believe in that.
I mean, from the beginning of this, like what has been some of the biggest frustrations or challenges that you've had to overcome as a founder? I would say it's the education piece, um, especially when you're doing something pr pretty much net new, right? So a lot of, a lot of companies that are raising, you know, 15, $20 million in their series A, right? They're the next PM tool when there's like 20 PM tools out there. It's like, well, this PM tool is even sleeker. Or, you know, we've got another crypto bank or, you know, we've got 10,000 like uh, financial, financial, whatever, right? Whether it's Brex and Ramp and uh, Green Car, green Light and all these other ones, right? They they pretty much do the same thing, but a little twist. They're, they're making money hand over fist. They're raising whatever they can. Whereas this, um, it's something brand new. And so, you know, you go to investors like, well, this doesn't exist in the market. So like... How, how are you the person that made it? It's like, well, I mean, the timing, you know, I'm, all, I'm also, I'm an, I'm a decently smart person. You know, I know I didn't go to Stanford, but you know, decently smart, <laughs> but it's kind of like getting over that initial skepticism of, well, if this was a real thing, there'd be more things out there. So that, that's been the frustrating part to me. And, and in fact, I started this about 18 months ago. And since then, uh, I've been told by an investor of mine, actually, who's just been doing their thing that Expedia now offers something very similar where for an extra $15, like after you buy your ticket or whatever and go through the process and they're trying to add services at the end for an extra $15, like they'll, if you get any credit back, like they'll, they'll send you the credit. Um, but if they didn't find any credit, right, you just lose the $15, but so now I can start to, unfortunately, how it goes, like you can take that and go to invest and be like, hey, look, Expedia happens to think this is a pretty decent idea as well. <laughs> so. yeah, like as you touched on, like, you know, getting kind of buy in from investors, but also as for hiring, like you touched on, you know, the, the wait list, current wait list and, you know, kind of that. So how do you think about like hiring the right people? Like what are the qualities that you look for? And you know, overall culture fit, like kind of, it's a very broad question, but I think it'd be interesting for other aspiring, you know, entrepreneurs that how do you start to build a team? Like what goes so through hard. your head That's so in that process? Because the, the first few hires are going to be so integral to what you're doing, not just from, like, you know, you mentioned culture, but that's kind of not the last thing on your mind, but it's, it's secondary to a lot of other things because you're looking for someone that's really good at engineering because like there, there's only two people that work here. Right. So it's like, I need someone that's really strong in engineering, mm -hmm. I need someone that's really strong in product. I mean, so like you're hoping that you can find those um, high value people um, that had that sort of intellect and experience alongside with like the, what you mentioned as the cultural fit or someone to get along with. Right. Um, for me, I, I try my best to um, set a, an expectation when I'm talking to anybody about possibly even working together. Uh, and that goes to even kind of from a partnership standpoint, right? Like, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And like, um, I, I'm not going to be the smartest person you've ever run into. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, the maybe most put together person you've ever been to, but this is what I believe in. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And I try to gauge like their um, kind of passion for that same mission. Um, and, and maybe that's the wrong way to do it. Maybe it's the right way to do it. Like, you know, I, I'm not really sure. This is my first time starting and or running a company, but I, I know that it's important for me to be around people that have the same sort of passion and belief in what we're doing. And um, if that means instead of getting like an MIT uh, engineer that probably could code the lights out, I 
get somebody that I happen to know from 15 years ago and, and they believe in what we're doing and they know me as a person and they believe in, in my, me and myself, like I, I'd prefer that. So, it, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it just kind of depends, you know, you try and be focused on what the end goal is. And right now the end goal for me is to make travel more accessible for people across the board. Right. Um, and so that, that's kind of my main goal. And if I can, do a good job of expressing that as my goal and my needs. And uh, hopefully people that I run into believe in that and they choose to jump on board based on that. Yeah, I, I think it's really great advice to, just to be authentic at all times. And then it's about finding a relationship, right? Does it work for both parties and then building toward that goal? And I would be really curious to hear, you know, with playing ahead, like what do you envision the company to look like in the next five to, to 10 years? Well, if we're able to get the funding that, that we're hoping for, I see Clean Ahead kind of being the, you know, at the same time that Booking.com, Travelocity, uh, Expedia, Kayak, all of those kind of third-party booking tools kind of came about in that similar time frame, right? Um, I, I, I see Plain Ahead being that kind of 2.0 version of that um, where you can, you can go to and be the centralized point for all of your travel needs and it's and it's not going to be kind of in the uh you know more traditional sense where it's been um you know collaborating all those things you can book it at the same time um but it's going to be a platform where like all of your information all of your all of your travel needs are going to be kind of logged there and we're going to be working for you at all times trying to get you the best deals and so um you know i see it more of a Kind of an ancillary service so if you're a delta member um and and some people have like a TripIt account and things like that where your receipts automatically get sent there and then TripIt creates you a calendar of like all your i see it very much like that just kind of uh, seamlessly uh, integrating with what you're currently doing so as you book your stuff they go into plane ahead we'll continue to work for you get you credit you'll be able to use that so that you can continue to do good business travel do personal travel we're hoping to um, at some point in the next, you know, if I'm looking out to five years, right, it's travel is for me, it's not just kind of a, a time to kind of explore things that are fun. It's a time for me to recharge mentally. Um, so hopefully, and, you know, I know there are programs out there, companies that are starting um, that I've met through different founder events and things like that, where they're trying to change or kind of, um, uh, you know, make make a bet, a bigger impact as far as how people use their PTO. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to just find ways that we can use travel as a mechanism to have better mental health, uh, as a mechanism to explore and become more of a global citizen, uh, a mechanism to continue to learn about yourself and other people. Um, so that's how I see travel. And I'm hoping that as the platform continues to grow, we're able to integrate those different means uh, into how we actually wrap travel um, kind of in the package or use travel as a package or vehicle for that. Touched on, you know, growth for the next future. So um, I know you're kind of going through the venture capital fundraising aspect now, you know, taught yourself or learned kind of the the sequence of events and how everything works. Like, you know, for, I think for aspiring entrepreneurs, like how did you go about understanding something that maybe you yeah. didn't initially? Um, take a lot of notes. <laughs> I, I, at the very beginning, I'd be on calls where people would say phrases that I was not familiar with, and I would do the head nod, okay, yep, and I'll take a note of that, 
and I'll be on the I would be on Google for the next two three hours after the call, just going through all the things that have to do with that one, uh, you know, uh, word or phrase. So it's really just being a willing learner. Um, you know, I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's probably something you innately have. Um, just being curious at, at all times and diving into that. Also, there's some really good um, resources that you can use on the internet as well. Um, I know when I was going through my initial process, like at you usually look up as you're an expiring entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur like Ycom and Techstars. Techstars I found have a really good thing on their website called the Entrepreneur's Toolkit, if I if I remember so, and it's like 22 videos of like um, leaders in within Techstars that have broken down like really important things to do. So like how to manage your time better, or like how to create an investor CRM. They, they've taken time to like put these videos together. And that was like something I went through. Um, Venture Deals by Brad Feld is like a foundational read. So like when I was, yeah, when I was starting awesome to book. do venture yes. capital or like look into raising venture capital, I was like, I don't know anything about this. And so I, I started to read that. Um, yeah, there, there are so many different resources um, on there um, or on the website. And um, so that I just kind of, Again, learn and be curious and just try and figure out the best you can. And every single day that you, every single day, every single call that you get on, you'll probably learn something new. You just write it down and keep, keep looking things up. Yeah. It, it's, it's very similar advice we had on Oliver and Salam, yeah. the co-founders of Mad Rev in a previous episode. And they gave very similar. They said, you would be amazed how much you can just find on Google and YouTube and, you know, tech stars like, you know, you see all the time on social media, buy these packages. It's like, you can find that same, if not better 100%. information um, by yourself. So that's great advice. And, you know, so the final question that we have, um, Alex, is just, do you have any closing advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, whether, you know, advice that you've learned from a mentor or like through your own personal experience that you think the audience will benefit um, from, from hearing? This is something I learned um, and, and it was a negative experience for me because I didn't have the kind of mentorship for people around me, but I'm hopeful and I've, I've started to do this kind of in my free time as a passion, um, push this as well. But what you're building and wanting to innovate on is super important. Like, that's probably why you decided to build this thing and take this time and spend all your savings and, you know, live on a couch and all these sorts of things, right? That that mission is very important. The only thing that's more important is your mental health. So um, do not do these things at the expense of your mental health. Um, I, I would as somebody who has that sort of entrepreneurial spirit, that's not something that ever kind of came to mind because, you know, I, I was actually doing something I loved. People were wondering, like when I, I quit my job, I was making, you know, almost $200,000 at the time. And, um, you know, I, I ended up selling my house in Denver so I can put money into my business, a, a whole sort, all sorts of things. Right. And they're like, why on earth would you do that? And it was literally because, and, you know, I thought it was kind of, you know, just lip service when people would say, oh, I love what I do, but I really like, I'll be up until two or 3 a.m. And like my entrepreneurial mode as I'm building playing ahead, like I have Shark Tank on the background. So like as, a, oh, that's also another tip. Like I had Shark Tank on loop at all times, anytime I'm working, because they will say things that I was not familiar with, whether it was like deal terms or the way that they structure a deal or entrepreneurs go up there and talk about things I've never heard before like just osmosis. And then I stop what I'm doing and I watch so I can kind of understand what they're talking about. Um, but anyway, 
I would be up until three or four a.m. with Shark Tank on the background, working on the stuff, and not because of anything more than I really loved doing it. I loved, I love travel. I love like just figuring things out. And so I got to a point where I never really thought about, oh, I'm damaging my mental health because I love what I'm doing. But over time, it was like you do that enough times, and then you throw in, you know, the the natural up and downs of life. And if people are married or have partners or have kids, like you throw all that stuff in there you will very quickly find yourself deteriorating. So um, be passionate about what you do. Strive to get better in that, but be mindful about where your mind is so that you can take care of yourself too. Yeah, no, that's it's great advice, Alex. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, for sharing your journey. And, you know, if people are looking to get more information on Plan Ahead, like, you know, what would you recommend them to, to do yeah, to kind yeah. of look so more into the first, company? join our wait list. The service. Um, as I said, we haven't put too much marketing behind it quite yet because we're still kind of putting things together all at once. But please join Plan Ahead's wait list. It's on planahead.co.co. Um, and you'll see the join the wait list button. You can also find some of our articles and, and podcasts that I've been on to talk about Plan Ahead on both our website I'm in kind of a, there's a press page, or if you go find me on LinkedIn, Alex Mailbranch, um, I try to put as much stuff on there as possible. Again, just from the prospect of educating, um, I hate to hear the sound of my own voice, so I don't know what all of those podcasts say, but I know I talk about what Plane Ahead is. So <laughs> so you can learn through that. And um, yeah, I, I really hope um, with all my heart that we see you around the world because um, traveling and, and being able to see different parts of the world has changed my life for the better. Um, making me a more empathetic, a more knowledgeable um, person. And uh, I'm hoping that we're able to provide that same accessibility to others that are wanting to, you know, just travel and, and see other things. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much, man, Alex. I appreciate, appreciate you coming you. on. Stay blessed. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you found this helpful, please consider leaving a rating and a review as that helps others find the podcast.